What does being an entrepreneur mean to you? Financial security? Freedom to call the shots? To innovate? Expand into new products and markets? Or maybe to build a business and then sell it to the highest bidder and buy that island in the sun to live the dream? Today, we're going to explore that magical mix of skills called entrepreneurship with a serial entrepreneur whose last business was sold after three years for $135 million. She's a respected and trusted business advisor, an Ivy League business expert, best-selling author, and no-nonsense lawyer. She's Hannah Hassel-Kelchner. Whether you're an entrepreneur or an intrapreneur working for someone else, I want to give you the inside scoop on how to ignite more business success by doing the right things in the right way. Because no one likes getting blindsided by what you don't know but somehow should or getting stuck paying for it later. Think of it as a mini MBA and school of hard knocks wrapped in one and on steroids. This is Business Confidential Now with Hannah Hassel-Kelchner. Brought to you by Business MO LLC. Entrepreneurship. It's that magical mix of things, and it's mysterious to the extent that some of it is elusive. It can't be bottled or stuffed into a spreadsheet. It takes vision to dream of things that don't exist yet and to pivot in the face of the unexpected. It takes courage to believe you can transform a dream into reality, to ignore the naysayers, and above all, it takes a leap of faith to invest in it fully and make it your life until your business baby has a life of its own. Today, I'm delighted to have as our guest right here on Business Confidential, a very successful serial entrepreneur who many of you would say living the dream. He's Jason Healy, the founder of Blue E-Cigs. Blue is the leading electronic cigarette in the United States. And even if you're not a smoker, you've probably noticed these newfangled gadgets that look a lot like conventional cigarettes, but don't smell like one. Jason helped pioneer the market product segment. Originally from Australia, he's made the U.S. his home and started Blue E-Cigs in 2009, building the business from scratch and selling it three years later to Lorillard Tobacco for $135 million, who at the time was the third largest tobacco company in the U.S. and the maker of Newport brand cigarettes. Jason's Twitter profile says he's an aspiring recluse, and all the more reason it is such a privilege and honor to have him here with us today to share his thoughts and perspectives on entrepreneurship. Welcome to Business Confidential, Jason. Hey, Hannah, thanks for having me. Oh, gosh, this is a thrill. You know, as a serial entrepreneur, I just can't help but wonder, how do you identify your business opportunities? I always follow uh, passion, and it's got to be something that interests me um, on a consumer level or that, that, I, that I can really understand because it's played a role in my life or, or it's something that I'm just passionate about because when the times get tough and you've got to find money or you've got to push through the barriers, that, uh, for me, that passion pushes me through there. Whereas if you're just chasing uh, money, I've found, you know, certainly for me, that you don't quite have that that drive to push through that and achieve it and 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 coming up when you're building something there's more no's and more headaches than there is uh is positive so you've got to have that that drive behind you and that for me comes from passion 
Great. Well, that makes a lot of sense. And I can certainly understand when the times get tough, you need something to keep your mojo going. But the thing is, nobody does it alone. You need a team to work with to help you achieve whatever it is to make that passion a reality. How do you pick your team? Uh, again, for me, you know, I always looked at you can you never hire a resume um, because, hey, there's no really bad resumes out there. But you need people with that same drive that are going to not only uh, back you up, but they've got to have that pursuit of the skills that they're going to need and they're going to learn along the way with you. So you need people. I've always found I would hire someone with passion and then teach them the skills later because you really need that. You need those people there as a sounding board. You need them to be up at 10 o'clock at night when you're up. Uh, and quite often you find with with overwhelming experience or, or purely a resume person that that's not always there. So I've been I've always looked for, for passion in people and said, you know what, this guy or the, this girl can, can help me. I can help them and, and we'll both make it. Um, that's always been the, the key for me. You just mentioned something interesting about a sounding board. At what point, or do you do it at the beginning, do you get sort of an advisory board in place or even a board of directors? What are your thoughts about that? Well, I've never done it. I, again, I've always tried to surround myself with the right people uh, and then use their thoughts and advice. And then along through life, through failed ventures, through jobs, you, you meet people and you'll, I'll generally, uh, out of the blue, call them or, or get their feel of it. Um, but I've never really had the or had the desire to have this structured board. Uh, you know, I always, you know, I've heard a piece of advice once that said, be careful of people's advice who don't have any skin in the game. And so, you know, when I find the right people and the right group of staff, I'll generally lean on them very heavily and, and, and pick their brains and get their point of view. And then just people... I've had around me, uh, I'll get their thoughts because I've, I've had the history to, to trust what they're saying. But ultimately, you've got to follow your instincts. So <clears throat> sure, you get some perspective from others, but I've never had a formal board uh, unless it was you know after purchase and the company had one already. But <clears throat> it's generally just come from the people that I've trusted around me. That's really interesting because I would imagine that in the course of your different ventures along the way, you've had more than one person try to oversell their skills, partly because they're trying to ride your coattails. Definitely. I mean, they're easy to identify <clears throat> real quick, and there's a difference between ambition and, and just, uh, I guess, greed, for lack of a better phrase. But you can, you can, I've always been able to sort those people out very quickly um, and every piece of advice you have to take with perspective with the perspective of that person so even if it's <clears throat> excuse me the wrong person you can usually get something good out of it if, as long as you understand where they're coming from and their perspective so everyone has value um, sometimes it's not where they think they are adding the value but they all they all give you some sort of value and perspective and at the end of the day, it's up to you to sort that out and take the good and leave the bad. Yep, and you, you always want to. The tough thing, the bigger you get or when you get purchased, you tend to, there's times when you doubt your, your instinct. And one thing I've learned is, is that succeed or fail, 
um, you definitely want to go with your your gut, you know, as, as, as I explain it. And, and especially when you, you fail, there's nothing worse than looking back going, you know what, I knew that was the wrong way to do it. I should have followed my gut. I shouldn't have doubted myself. So that's always important. Definitely trust yourself because at the end of the day, that's who you have to see in the mirror <laughs> for sure. Well, you mentioned something earlier about passion and how it's important, especially when the money is tight and so forth. Let's talk about the money piece for a second. You know, certainly the the purchase of blue and $135 million, that puts stars in a lot of people's eyes. But when you're starting out, What's your thoughts about startup funding? There's so many options available now, especially with these crowdfunding sources. And that may not be something you need to be looking at anymore. But even for some of your earlier ventures, what were your thoughts about funding, whether self-funding, loans, friends, families? Tell me about that perspective. Well, I, I've, uh, I guess I'm not, I don't know whether I'm typical or not, but I've never gone the, you know, sit down with people and here's a spreadsheet and here's my forecast. Um, I've always gone to people that I identified had some connection with what I was doing or that I knew and I would just lay out, hey, here, very simply, here, here's my plan, no bull crap, I am in no, no spreadsheets. You know, with Blue, for example, I needed $50,000 worth of stock to start it and that's all I went after. Um, I didn't go and say, "Hey, we're going to make this much, so I need seventy-five or one hundred and fifty thousand. I, I went and bought the stock, uh, and that was it. Uh, luckily, two weeks later, we paid it back. But um, you know, for me, it's I'm a simple guy, and I've always kept that aspect simple. And I, I, the other thing I've never been able to do—not that it's wrong or or you shouldn't do it—is I couldn't ask friends or family. Uh, for money, you know, if there was going to be risk, it was going to be on me or it was going to be on business people who knew and understood uh, the risks of the money. So I guess, you know, I don't know whether it's a different route to others, but that's the way I've approached it. Interesting. Interesting. Well, clearly from that initial 50,000 of seed money in order to buy stock, to three years later when you made your sale, a lot happened in that interim some scaling you you built your business and in the process of going from that initial idea and startup mode tell me about some of the challenges that you faced uh, I mean the, the the biggest one is again not is, is not doubting yourself you know the there's a there's a tendency of the bigger you get you get bigger people around you and, and a lot of people try and make you feel like well Okay, step aside now and, and let's let the adults play. Um, so, you know, I had early on and, and continuing through the process where I just had to dig my heels in the sand and say, look, you know, I got this. Um, you may not like the avenue, but it's the right avenue because I knew, again, coming back to picking the business I wanted to be in, I had passion behind it and I loved it. I was a smoker. So I focused on the consumer which I was. And so I knew what I was doing was right and how I was doing it was right. Um, the only other, you know, the area where I really leaned on people was the accounting and the legal because it's not what I do and you have to know, hey, this is not what I do. But always lead those people and, and, and make sure they understand your passion behind it and what you're trying to do. Um, 
but I all you know the the big struggles were that it's that people coming in thinking, well, you fluked into this, you fell into this, uh, you know, step aside and, and and let the big boys come in now, and and that was that was always been a struggle, even at the hundred thousand dollar stage. You know, there's always people that that think they that you're doing the wrong thing or that they could do better. So that's that's the struggle more than anything than the business itself. Those hurdles in the business you can get over because you're you're into it and you're you're following it and you're you're so passionate about it. It's more the exterior uh, and the externals that that get that bring the pressure more than anything. That's really fascinating. Making sure that those who are trying to help really can help move the business forward and aren't just a, a distraction. That's exactly. really valuable. Yeah, exactly is right. And if you had over again, what would you do differently, if anything? Uh, nothing. Um, if you change, you know, this sure there were bad things or tough times, but I look at all those and you can see the, the lessons in them. Um, I wouldn't take, I wouldn't change anything to avoid the struggles because they got me to, to where I am. And, you know, I, I wouldn't change a thing. Could you share one or two of those lessons? Um, oh God, you're putting me on the spot there. It's more just, the, <laughs> you know, the things like I said, if, if I had pushed back on some people and followed my gut, I wouldn't probably have learnt that I should follow my gut. And then when the harder times came, I may not have pushed through those. Um, so you have to have those kicks in the gut and 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 those you know mini failures or, or or situations come up that you learn from. You know, sure it would be great to go back and change them and avoid the pain or the struggle. But also, that's a double-edged sword. Then, then you wouldn't have been able to use that those lessons uh, moving forward. So, mainly, any setback, even if it's a minor or major, doesn't really matter. But what's really key is to be able to learn from that, in order to just turn that dynamic around and and kick adversity in the teeth and move on. Exactly, because I mean, my, the, when I say you know you've got to follow your passion and your instinct, part of that is. Some entrepreneurs, and I know uh, speaking for myself, you have to learn some hard lessons that um, you can't always have it your way. Yes, you're going to follow your gut, but each of those situations or those setbacks, you've really got to sit back and analyze it and be completely self-aware. Um, and that's the biggest skill uh, an entrepreneur needs to have, I think, is to be self-aware and, and honest with at least themselves. You know, you meet a lot of people who will have the biggest screw-up, but all of a sudden it's everyone else's fault. They played no part. Uh, oh, it's the world's fault. I didn't make it, or it's this person. So you've got to be able to, to look and have ownership and do autopsies on all those situations to help with your self-awareness. And, and self-awareness, you never hear it in the books, really, on a, from an entrepreneurial level, but it's so important that when you go into a meeting, you're self-aware and you're honest and you're, and you, and you are who you are and you're not afraid to put that on uh, out on display. And those are the things that you've, you've got to learn. You can't just become, you know, sometimes entrepreneurs are viewed as pig-headed. There's an element of that, but the more self-awareness you add to that, I think the better you come as an entrepreneur. That's a very cool insight. I hope everybody listening can fully appreciate that about being honest with yourself 
but at the same time, not letting self-doubt consume you to the point where you're paralyzed. And, and it's an interesting balancing act, actually, but that self-awareness is the key for learning. Develop your own leadership ability in for your own business. So I think that's really valuable. Thank you for, for pointing that out. For aspiring entrepreneurs, I, you know, I know the media glamorizes it tremendously. You know, they don't focus on all those late nights you've spent or when you've called somebody at 10 or 11 at night with a quick question because you just came across something that you want their input on. And the media also makes it sound like overnight success truly is overnight. I had one person tell me recently, an overnight success really takes 10 years. <laughs> so you've really accelerated that with with the three years and, and a, a fabulous sale to a large company, which is what so many entrepreneurs dream of. And I was just wondering what advice you would have, you know, one, two things for an aspiring entrepreneur besides following their passion. Because one thing that I think you've downplayed a little bit, Jason, is your ability to have your finger on the pulse of the market, to understand your consumer as intimately as you do. And that I think is so important for any business, because without your consumer, whether that's business to business or the, the consumer market, you have no business. So tell me a little bit more about what aspiring entrepreneurs should be besides just their passion and, and their burning desire. Well, from, from my point of view, the big thing was I've never, and this is the third business I've, I've built and sold, not to this extent of blue, but I never focused on the sale. Um, until it happened it was it was never i never made decisions throughout the day well this will make us attractive to sale sell and i i always focused on the business and the consumer and that was where my my drive was um and what i've learned is as long as you do that it'll pan out the, the way it should and it'll be a successful business and either someone someone will want to buy it or it'll make a, a ton of money but i never i never went into any venture thinking of the end game it was just this is enjoyable it gives me the freedom to to follow my passions it it it, it drives me it, it gets me up in the morning you got to live in today you can't live in tomorrow uh and so many i see so many friends and, and people saying well you know what's the how am i going to make money and it's like well don't don't focus on that because i can give you a million ways to make money but you want to be happy um, so you've you've got to look at it from from that angle because quite often the money doesn't come, uh, and so then you've put ten years of of misery on your back instead of learnings and excitement and and following a, a dream. So for me, I ne I never looked at that, and even the days uh, I never really looked at it till it even sold. I never looked at said, well, I wonder if these guys would find it attractive. And I think I build it this way because then someone will buy it. Uh, that that I've seen more often than not is is a recipe for disaster. And, and when the times get tough, you think, well, it's not going to sail. So your passion disappears. But when you're there and you're in the day building the business because you love it and it gets you up in the morning, that's that's where the, the success more than likely comes from. Excellent. Excellent. Well, we're just about out of time, and I want to make sure that you have an opportunity to have any closing thoughts for our listeners. Whew, um, 
I'm a simple guy, so I mean, I've always the, the best thing I can tell uh, people. I think I've already said throughout the interview, but also the best, the, by far the best advice I have ever been given was, and it's very simple uh, until you think about it. It's you are your choices, um, and and that to me has rung true. Uh, throughout my whole life so far that you are just a culmination of your choices and it's no different in business it's no different in personal um, and follow your passion but you are your choices great comment great comment and one of the things I've picked up from the insights that you've shared here is that besides somebody's driving passion for a particular product or service that they're they're trying to mo promote one of the keys to your success has been focusing on the service part, how you can serve the customer, what you can do to help them. Yep. How can you do something for the consumer that they want that's going to make things better for them? Exactly right. Now, so many businesses you see nowadays, they're so, they've forgotten the customer. It's weird to watch, you know, big companies. And it's like, really, are we talking about this? What about the people who... Where do you think we get this money from? Right, exactly. I heard someone complain just the other day about customer service at what was a big telecom company, and they were doing something different. They said, you know, you want to make me happy? Don't have me have a call center in India where I can't understand what they're saying, and, and I'm, I'm on hold <laughs> for 25 minutes. Right? I mean, exactly. yeah. frustrating your customer instead of being responsive and listening is not the way to go if you want them to keep opening their wallets. And so thank you so much, Jason, for pulling the curtain back, giving us a reality check and a sneak peek into the mind of a very successful serial entrepreneur. Uh, I wish you much continued success with Blue E-Sigs and any new entrepreneurial ventures. I can't wait to see what else you're going to get involved with. Thank you so much again for your time and your wisdom. Thanks, Hannah. It's always good to talk to you. You too. Take care. Giving you the inside scoop on how to ignite more business success by doing the right things in the right way. Business Confidential Now with Hannah Hassel-Keltner. Brought to you by Business MO LLC. Thank you for joining me today on Business Confidential Now. You can get more information about today's guest and the resources we mentioned during today's show in the episode notes that are located on our website, businessconfidentialradio.com. Sometimes we even include some bonuses and goodies, so be sure to check it out. That website, again, is businessconfidentialradio.com. And also don't forget to subscribe to the show. That is the easiest way to keep up with the show and our guests those thought leaders, experts, and authors who are transforming businesses behind closed doors around the world. Let them help you, too. Subscribe today for easy access to the business information you need to succeed. You know, the reason we call the show Business Confidential now is because you don't have time to wait, so just do it. Subscribe now and leave a review. We want to hear from you. We want you to be part of our growing Business Confidential Now family. Tell your friends and colleagues so they can subscribe too. Because the more subscribers we have, the more great guests we can bring you. And the more business intelligence you'll have available to ignite and fuel your continued business success. Have an idea or a topic, a guest that you'd like to hear on Business Confidential now? Contact me at the website 
businessconfidentialradio.com and connect with me on social media too. We'd love to hear from you and stay in touch. Next week, Business Confidential Now with Hannah Hazel-Kelchner will be back with more of the business intelligence and inside scoop you need to succeed. Till then.